And welcome everybody to this very special recording uh, podcast, whatever we're, we're calling this. Uh, I am your host, Marco Flores from Nerd in the Bay. Uh, I believe we, we were ta- talking about how this is a special Suikoden cast, talking about the very special uh, Japanese RPG game that we all love called Suikoden. Uh, I'm with Luca Blight, uh, one of the nicest Blights that are out there, uh, not comparing to the one in, in Suikoden 2. Uh, Luca, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. How are you? Good, good. I'm doing good. Doing good. Uh, so yeah, tell us all about uh, your channel. Uh, like, why did you pick Luca Blight as the channel name, and uh, what do you do on your channel? Uh, so my channel is just mostly gaming, right? You got lots of like JRPGs, and you got uh, a lot of like mobile games and whatnot. Of course, we have Suikoden. It's you know my bread and butter. Luca Blight has always been my favorite character in any RPG ever. So it only like was fitting to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as as for the nicest blight, thank you for the comment or the uh, compliment. Uh, I think that has to do with me being Canadian. I can't okay. really help it. It's in our it's in our blood. Maybe some blights uh, went up to up north and uh, maybe settled down. I don't know how like the entire blight family is uh, only only just Luca Blight that is only the one that's psychotic, and then everybody else was. Hey, maybe. maybe. I mean, maybe uh, I'm related to Julia and she's like super nice and, you <laughs> that's know. It. That's true. Yeah, right. That's true. That's true. So, like I said, this is basically a special, uh, like, uh, Sweet Coden uh, cast where we're just going to be talking about this game in particular. Uh, Luca Blight over here uh, just brought up the idea. I was like, hey, you want to do like a live stream and just talk about this game? I was like, oh, yes, that's, that's a great idea. I just wanted to talk about this, my most favorite Japanese role playing game of all time basically uh and just get into like how we we found the game how we like just found our love for this game like you know whatever whatever can come up uh we do have some show notes but it, it, maybe it's probably going to be a more off the cuff as at the same time so uh who knows so um like luca let us know how you like came to come to find like uh, uh suit coding luca Sorry, one second. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're. I uh, I should have paused that for a second. The uh, oh, it's a- uh, something else started playing. My bad. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> okay, so what were you saying? My bad, man. Oh, so so uh, so I was saying, um, uh, Luca, how did you find come across uh, Sweet Coding, uh, and you know, in the younger days when they first came out, how did you come come across this game? Well, one of my older brothers introduced it to me because even as a young kid, I was really into JRPGs. I had okay. conquered uh, all the Final Fantasies up to that point. Like, I just ran through them. Even as, like, an eight-year-old kid, I was beating Final Fantasy VI, like, nothing. Like, yeah. The, you know, the Breath of Fire games, I ran through them. So he oh, was yeah. like, yeah. he's like, all right, you want a different type of challenge? He's like, try recruiting 108 characters while going through an entire <laughs> thing here. And, of course, uh, he got a good laugh because I failed. Uh, oh, Leon Silverberg and that pain in the ass way to recruit him. Oh yeah, right, right. Yeah, right. I got 106 because you know, yeah, that sucked. Oh, but uh, and of course he decided not to tell me that you know you don't get all the perks when you load into Sweet Two if you don't get 108. So right. he made me find out the hard way of everything that I was missing. <laughs> you know, because older brothers are like that, right? Yeah, of course. Your you know, siblings will uh, try to like troll you in a sense. Oh, absolutely, absolutely! But uh, it backfired because I got to enjoy it even more when I got all 108 and went through the game that's, again. That's awesome. Cool. Uh, um, so yeah, so like, um, what what was about Suikoden uh, for you that just this this is the game? This is your like your 
favorite RPG of all time? Like, what what made it like stand out for you compared to all the other games that you played that are uh, you know Japanese role playing games? It, like you mentioned, Final the Fantasy. Main, like you mentioned, uh, the main thing that stuck out was the continuation of the story. Right? Yeah, it didn't really happen very often with Final Fantasy. It was a new game every time, with the exception of a few that had like you know some additions here and there. This had a great ongoing story from one to two to three to four or five, you know, and, and so on. Mm, and okay. also the massive amount of diverse and interesting characters and the great gameplay. The gameplay is so unique when Oof, it came yeah. to, you know, six man parties that, you know, were able to attack all at the same time, the joint attacks, you know, the joint yeah. magic attacks, and then the army battles. Oof, and then yeah. the fact that you can lose a character at any point and they're just dead. Exactly. Yeah, that that threw me off uh, when I first played, like my very first playthrough of that game. Um, just playing the game, like, oh yeah, this is so cool. I, I like how the premise is. It kind of has that little bit of a martial arts feel because the main character does know a little bit of martial arts. Um, and then when you're going through the army battles and like you pick a bad decision, and then one of your characters dies, like what? You can't use them again. Yeah, uh, threw me off. Like, oh no. Like I really. I'm really, uh, if, if that's ever an option in the game, like I'm always like, oh no, I'm gonna reset reset from the last save. I'm not trying to keep this character alive because I, I want to see like if there's anything special if say you keep all your characters alive. But like, Suikoden kind of was, at least as far as I remember, one of those very first games that kind of introduced like permadeath in terms of a Japanese yeah, playing game. It, right? it definitely was. Um, yeah. Other than like story mode from like Final Fantasy VII or something where yeah. a character permanently dies. Yeah. Was like they could die off at any point, which was mm. it, you know, added tension to it. Also, decisions that you made, like if you yeah. didn't forgive Pan, he was gone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. If you didn't forgive Pan, oh my god, you just lost the best physical attacker in the game. Yeah, it disappears. Yeah, exactly. Just, just for clicking the wrong uh, decision. Yeah, or or if if you didn't level him up after you have him join. Oh, when he fights Tio. Well, yeah, when he fights Tio, and then yeah, he was he was gone there as well. I'll tell you a rage moment. Oh man! Sure. First time I ever played, I didn't really use Pan. Oh yeah, uh, I was into sword users and everything like that, so I didn't really level him up. And we came up against Tio, and I, I swear I was like level like I don't know fifteen, <laughs> and it was terrible. So I had to like go back like three save spots and and uh, redo uh, it all over again just yeah. because I didn't want to lose him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, like as soon as you have him join, you have to like keep keep him in the party for the next lo- like next set of like arcs. Like, you know, with, with the elves and, and all that stuff, just to have more, much more level. Otherwise, you, otherwise, when you run into Tio, then like, you know, if you didn't save before that, then then yeah, then yeah, you were screwed. That is screwed. So yeah, and it's so tempting not to use them because they give you Victor and they give you Valora, right? right? Yeah, and just all these awesome front row characters, and you're just like, do I really need them? And then of course yeah. you do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then this is what the appeal, like one of the the appeals for me was. You know, any other role-playing game, there's like, you know, set, set number of characters, you know, six, seven, eight. In this one, they introduced 108 characters. Like, sure, they use the same sprites for a lot of them, like, you know, kind of, kind of like Echo Fighters, if you're thinking of mm-hmm. Brothers. But uh, everybody had, like, that, that different source of, uh, like, personality. When you get into their backstory of, like, who, who they are, like, Pan, even though has the same, like animations as morgan you know they both had different like backstories like pan this arpon whatever you want to uh how you you want to pronounce it was a, a hungry fighter while uh you know morgan was a blind martial artist like oh that's pretty badass you know when i think uh, about speaking of morgan how did you like his addition to uh Su- 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 five this story 
Yeah, that was pretty cool. I like I liked a little bit of the throwbacks. Uh, when when five hit and I was playing it, like you know, super happy. I was like, oh yeah, there's there's Milich and then there's yeah, there's Morgan right there. Like yeah, I like they tie him in. Uh, yeah, that's pretty that cool. That they actually plucked his eyes out. For those of you that don't yeah, know, Morgan uh, in Suikoden 1, it was actually from the Queendom of Felena. Mm. And he was such a good fighter and they hated it. They actually removed his eyes. <laughs> and he was still beating people yeah, all the time. Right. So they're right. like, you know what? We're going to sell you. They sold him to the Scarlet Moon Empire. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, that's where you meet him in uh, the temple the- there. Yeah, but they, they tie that all in later. They tie it in later, which I really, really liked. Yeah, that's that's it's pretty interesting. And and I believe there was some somewhere where I was seeing or read like if I think either they either had like a little bit of a competition where it was like Han, uh Yeki, um Morgan, and like Morgan was the best out of that set of fighters, you know, the martial arts fighters. And I was like, damn, that's pretty that's pretty badass. Morgan is pretty badass. That doesn't surprise me. And he and he has he doesn't have eyes. Well, you know, Han is like, I'm hungry all the time and Yeki, uh, you know, I'm the strong. I'm stronger than like you know, 20 people or something like that. But you needed like a certain level to just recruit them. But anyways, um, going back to why we came to love Suikoden, uh, yeah, like you mentioned, uh, Luca, like the the simultaneous battles, like uh, in terms of, like this, you know, this the party of six against you know the other party. So like that 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 for me introduced when I'm used to like you know characters taking their turn and then going back, taking their turn, going back. In this one, where you know, every, you know, you pick your turns, and then once you, everything, everybody, everybody goes, they, you know, some people take their turns and go back, but other people are like, uh, other timing was like they kind of came at the same time. They attacked almost at the same time, but just attacking different people. I was yeah. like, what is that? Like I've never seen it before, where it's like it's almost seems like real time ish uh, in a turn based battle system, and that 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 like you know solidified my love for this game. Yeah, they could. They made a perfect then, um, combination yeah. of, uh, of turn base yeah. with yeah. the uh, real time. It was great. Yeah, it is. It is. And again, um, not used to just. You know, I'm, I'm so used to the you know the one character going first and then the next character. But this one, like they almost went at the same time, and it, it almost feels again, like I said, real time battles. Like that's pretty awesome, you know. And then and then you also have your your relationships, of course. Which each of the characters, but they also, if you you know, you come to like dig in deeper within the within these characters, they also have things called unite attacks, where you know they'll do some sort of cool combination together, and uh, that's something that you weren't really seeing as well in other role playing games too. Uh, you know, when you think of like, uh, yeah, uh, let me see, uh, Cleo and, and uh, who was it? Cleo. What was the first unite that you see? Cleo. Uh, the first unite you see was actually Grimio and Pan. Grimio and Pan. That's right. I'm sorry. Yeah, Grimio and Pan. Uh, was a cool one where you know Pan was just doing the boar attack, and then and then oh no no they they came they they went and attack at the same time basically right yeah was, and then you also had uh, Victor and Flick had a, a pretty nice yeah. strong attack together right right oh, and the one the one I, I think I remember most because I used it a lot was a uh, uh, tear and um, Kai uh, the teacher so you oh, know the master pupil uh, AOE yeah, master, attack yeah master yeah. pupil just all you know attacking all the enemies at the same time. And, uh, you know, if you guys are both strong, then you guys are just taking out enemies left and right, which is pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, yeah, just, just talking about all, all the things and systems, uh, just making me, like, I, I, I still have the idea, and I mentioned it to you, Luca, that I'm planning to come back and do Sweet Code in 1 again. Because I did it, like, in 2015, like 2014. And, uh, you know, that was my first time kind of doing streaming on Twitch. 
Uh, but now that I've, you know, I guess a little, I'm a little bit more seasoned, I want to redo this game, redo the game again, and like, you know, just kind of be more up to date on, you know, what uh, the knowledge of what, what I know about Sui Coding, and then like just, you know, much more faster paced comment, uh, commentary uh, if, if the game allows me to, you know, just keep keep uh, keep the commentary going. But I do want to come back to it, and as well as and as well as do the other games as well, because I was, I was that's. When I started doing uh, content creating, that's what uh, one of the things I wanted to do was showcase Suicode in, in, you know, in, you know, the, the highs and lows, and that why people should know about this game series. Because a lot of the times when these when the Suicode games were coming out, they were coming out almost at the same time or at the same time where big name uh, role playing games were coming out. So it kind of they they didn't they didn't get as much of the attention as as much as they we think we they deserve, uh, but. You know, there's still it's still a cult following, and people are still like pushing. I guess I guess you I guess you're trying to push it to Cap, uh, not Capcom, Konami to make a new one, or just somebody make like an inspiration like a sweet coding game out there. So, you know, I, I'm I'm one of those people that want like a, a brand new version, whether whether it is the sweet coding uh, series or uh, maybe a a new spinoff or a new IP or whatever. Just be inspired by that whole game series, but. Yeah, well, like, what do you think about that? Uh, personally, I don't know if I'd want Konami to do it. I, I think I want uh, yeah. a different, different company to pick it up. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I only say Konami because they were the ones they were publishing it. And, you know, yeah, just Konami how they are, like, where yeah. they are right now, uh, I, I think I'd rather a different company pick it up. Uh, yeah, I totally definitely agree. want Suikoden in Six, and but for mm-hmm. that to happen, they need that writing staff back. Yeah, know? they need that original team, and that original team is like just they're all split off. And, but uh, they do get together for drinks and stuff. They said, yeah, so exactly. you know, who knows if yeah, there are enough money's thrown at them. That's that's how uh, it's a funny story because that's how like, I believe that's how. Um, uh, let's see, Square Enix and Disney got together with Kingdom Hearts. Like they're they're almost like building buddies or like they're next door neighbors. And they took an elevator together and then boom, like Kingdom Hearts just came about because of that. Like <laughs> weird, weird, weird you know situation but anyways yeah so um let me see let's so uh like you you were mentioning about how you you missed out on the on the 108 characters in the first round like what were other like first experiences uh were you having when you were started playing the game well other than you know the frustration of not getting all all the characters i enjoyed every step of the way I, I like every single character interaction. I love the fact that it doesn't have to be your main character interacting yeah. with everyone. You see other right. characters interacting. You know, like one of my favorite scenes uh, was recent, right? It was uh, Humphrey and uh, Matthew. I did that on a, a gameplay recently. Those yeah. two were speaking, and yeah. you very rarely see Humphrey speak at all, but then he actually gets into the Kaleka incident with, with Matthew. And mm. it's just nice to see that from other characters interacting with each other necklord's story captivated me that, that was uh, a big one. necklord is huge i mean that guy is about as iconic as uh, you know luca blight <laughs> yeah that's true that's true because uh when at that point of the game where victor was getting really riled up uh it was throwing me off because yeah because before that victor was just like almost happy-go-lucky but like he was ch- I, he was more ch- like chill and laid back about how things were happening and then when uh um i'm sorry necklord came about then yeah that's when he was got he got really emotional and then and it, it became a really huge thing when that arc was happening 
Yeah, seeing seeing the different layers to Victor was really cool to see that in a non-primary character. Right. Because he he kind of came in a little bit and he just, you know, he was just kind of there as like the the comedic relief, right? The yeah. as a comedic character, you know, black rune, pink balloon, you know, like yeah. <laughs> like you know, he's always making always making jokes, right? Yeah, yeah. But now now seeing this part of him, I really enjoyed that. Uh, I really enjoyed the fact that they they bring in so many different like races, right? You have the elves and the dwarves, and you have the kobolds, and yeah. you know, having all of that there was really cool. It was it was better than just you know, if it was just humans, it'd be pretty bland, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it became like when that was happening with the the different races, it became like a whole prejudice, almost a racism, racism like you know, commentary in a sense too. I was like, whoa, I'm getting this out of a, a Japanese role playing game. Uh, yeah. I was expecting, uh, you know, when I first played the game, I was expecting high, high fantasy and, and you know, just like magic and here and, and the standard RPGness of games. Uh, but then you came across like politics in a sense, and then yeah, this topic about like you know all the different races, and um, yeah, it, it really threw me off on how like just uh, maybe like a, a rebellion of some sorts is you know going against uh, the mainstay empire that is there currently. In that location, it was like it was throwing me off. Like, wow, it was just in a sense, it's kind of like talking about like some pretty uh, hefty stuff. But they 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 kind of they balance all of that those you know portions of the story uh, for one overall uh, plot was about like Wendy and and how she wants to get get the ruins and and especially get Ted's rune, uh, the you know soul eater, true soul eater rune. Um, yeah, like I mean, uh, what was your thoughts about like the whole rune system and and, and how like the true runes and all that stuff like what do you think about that stuff the runes were definitely my favorite adaptation of magic right. that was uh really interesting the way you know normal you know final fantasy the way they did it was you know you learn the spell and all of a sudden you just have this spell right. now you have something that actually physically attaches to you and you know imbues you with its power which yeah. i thought was really cool and then also knowing that these runes are essentially gods like the the true runes are essentially gods that <laughs> control the world. Mm-hmm. Now there's people trying to control those powers, and it's basically like nuclear warfare. You know, these people are all trying yeah, to get a hold of all true. the nukes. Mm-hmm. You know, the, you know, Harmonia wants to hold all the nukes. They, you know, kind of yeah. like you know, like Russia back in the day, they wanted to hold everything, right? So they're right. You know, that that's another discussion later later with Harmonia. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, they yeah, just the fact that you know everyone's trying to bide for power, everyone's trying to get all these true runes for that purpose is really cool. But also, there's you know much you know better beings that are trying to use it for good. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love the rune system. The politics, like you said, was great, especially as you progress through the series. More and more politics are added in. Yeah, especially yeah. especially five. Wow, five had crazy. Oh politics. yeah, five five was yeah. Oh man, yeah. Uh, and that, that was the most recent, uh, not 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 the most recent Sui Code and I, I beat, but yeah, uh, when delving into five, like yeah, there was like how Felena is their their politics system. It was weird, like you know, the guys couldn't be kings, but they could only be knights. It's only it's only the females that can be uplifted towards like you know royal, royalty. Um, you know, the gladiators, gladiator and slavery system that they had there. Um, it, yeah, it was it was interesting, and you know, you know, whatever relate like relationships or relations, like your cousins and all that stuff, uh, was getting in the way of like certain families, and it was getting it was getting pretty hefty. Like, I mean, I don't watch Game of Thrones, but I would think that's what it would kind of relate to, which is not with all the craziness of like Game of Thrones. 
Yeah, uh, a, a little less drama than Game of Thrones, but right, right. Uh, for sure. You know, in, in Suikoden, they don't mess around, you know, like if, mm. if they want your power, they're sending assassins after you right away. Yeah. They're trying to kill you, you know, it it's, you know, if anyone is new to this game, I they need to really pay attention to the story and mm-hmm. just soak it all in. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Oh, man. Okay, so um, let me see. Like, okay, when, when we're talking about Suikoden 1, um, those what were the unique those unique characters that stuck out to you uh when you're going through the story um yeah go ahead first and uh, i'll go ahead after you speaking in one uh the characters that really captivated me uh victor did especially after the necklord incident yeah uh, even the mention of george prime that was pretty cool he's just he wasn't actually a real character in it but he was one of the quote-unquote six generals that got turned to five yeah. That kind of, you know, got me hooked on him. You know, who is this guy? Valora, I mean, she's got a lot of layers to her. And then, of course, Lanknot. Lanknot, I mean, yeah. she's okay. a mystery and a half. And mm-hmm. it's just craziness comes from her. Uh, Luke, I mean, I find him both funny and uh, also very dangerous at the same time. He's, he's got yeah. a really, really good yeah. character to himself. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's very much a double-sided coin in, in that sense. Um, yeah, for me, I mean, like... I, I take martial arts because that's why the martial arts people appeal to me a lot. Like, you know, like Han, Yeki, Morgan, Kai, anybody that like has like some sort of martial arts combat isness. Like, you know, not even so much, not even so much of just hand to hand, but like just like form and technique uh, sort of thing. It, uh, they really uh, appeal to me. Um, out of the Kobolds, uh, Fusulu was the one that appealed to me uh, the most because uh, the Kobolds I don't really use as much except for Fusulu. Um, cause I guess he's like, he tattled like, I'm, I'm super strong. And he was using like double dual wield axes, you know, for his, uh, standard attack. So I was like, yeah, it's, that's pretty cool. Stallion, uh, in a sense where, you know, you just, uh, be like, was it, was it the true, what was it? Was his rune again? The true, true holy rune. Holy rune, like where you just run super fast. I mean, you could equip it on other people. Uh, in this game, you can only equip one rune, but in the other games you were able to equip three. Uh, but I always I would always use uh, Stallion Stallion because he had the True Holy, and so he just he was able to like run faster than usual uh, in in other games or in this game as well. Uh, but yeah, I don't I didn't want to waste a rune space uh, for uh, for Holy when I could just use Stallion. Um, let me see. Well, uh, yeah, Stallion was one. Uh, you know, the martial artists were another. Uh, you see uh the ninjas ninjas a little bit uh kage and and uh Fuma, kage you know just being like a mercenary you know for pay uh just doing missions uh you know for the highest bidder in a sense uh when you get first introduced to them like yeah you're you're, you're delivering a message but at, once you hear uh, hear about kage again he's like he's doing work for the empire and you're like what the heck is going on but then you get to hire him later on down the line and then fuma just fuma just being there i guess like being a solo ninja because he gets introduced into kage's like uh ninja clan in a sense uh when you when you hear uh, hear about the, the endings or read about the endings um uh w- with with uh, all the all the characters but uh like who else oh uh kasumi of course uh that little that little love interest of uh uh tear and uh, kasumi uh, was pretty interesting as well um let me see anybody else uh yeah, like yeah. So like the the sword, the sword, the swordsman people were like pretty standard. Oh, Clive, Clive was pretty interesting with the the Howling Guild. Clive's uh, him, amazing. Him, and him his, being, his like, story, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're able to, if you're able to do like some speed running in the second uh, second suit coding, because uh, you have to hit 
timed points in yeah. order to progress his story, right? Um, yeah. So, yeah, Clive. Clive is definitely an interesting character. Uh, not only in like uh, like appearance, where he's just in a, in a cloak and he's and he's using like a, what it what would it be like a a rifle back in those days? It would um, be like a musket, but yeah, yeah, like a musket. Pretty yeah. close. So, uh, so yeah, him only kind of like being that 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 character that with the, with the quote unquote gun, you know, in those days was was pretty interesting. Um, the, the five generals were, were interesting in themselves, just in a sense where like you know it's these five generals were protecting the, all the borders and you know doing all the empire's work, and then how different they were all they all were. Uh, from each other like Milich was just like a you know a fashionista uh you know type uh you know looking flashy type swordsman uh Kasim you know like looking you know like Arabian Knights sort of thing um and then uh who else yeah I mean those those other characters T.O. of course I would actually I would love to see if there was any any sort of like you know prequel to Suicoden 1 that that we can see something about T.O. because I mean you only hear it from like you know word of mouth but I would love to see what Tio did back in those days um, in the War of Succession. Yeah, War of Succession, or if there's anything else before that, you know, uh, I would love to see sort of something like that. Um, but yeah, uh, let me see. Oh, and then well, who's the final blacksmith? Um, who's the final blacksmith? Mace? No, Mace. No, Mace? yeah, it is Mace. Yeah, it's Mace. Mace right? Yeah, Mace. Mace being like in uh, or is it? Uh, sorry, uh, I, I try to when I try to remember things like I'm, I'm literally using Seek Valley when you found him. Seek Valley, yeah, it being like isolationist and just wanting to be left alone. But he he's able to power up your weapon like you know to the maximum level, and that was pretty cool as well. But um, without a golden hammer, without the without golden a golden hammer, hammer right? <laughs> right. Uh, let's see. Uh, who's so? Who's your go-to party uh, when when it comes to Street Code One? Who is your go-to party? Well, of course, uh, McDole has to be there. Of course. Uh, but I brought Flick and Victor mostly because you have to use them throughout most mm-hmm. of the game. So I brought them, not to mention Flick has very powerful magic as well as good yeah. physical base. Victor is one of the hardest hitters in the game. Yeah. I'm kind of a weird one where I bring Tengar. Oh, okay, interesting. Uh, yeah. Tengar, uh, actually, believe it or not, has very, very good magic skills. along with some decent defense a lot of mages have really bad defense Mm, where she was taught by the warriors village right so she can fight yeah but at the same point her magic's actually really really good my go-to runes with her are the rage rune and the mother earth rune Mm. and then also i bring clive and then it's either valora or pesmerg or humphrey uh usually valora because she's stacked like it she's just her falcon runes insane yeah yeah um let me see Who, who, who do i pick uh, yeah, no, th- th- those are good. Those are great, great choices. Um, for me, I would pick, uh, you know, of course, Tyr, because Tyr is like mandatory. Um, you know, if I'm going for the storyline, I would go, I would go Grimio. Um, but even though Grimio is just like basic, once once the later levels come down the line, um, let me see. Uh, Cleo, I do like using uh, on on a magic sense. Um, let me see who else. I I, I would often bring. Um, let me see. It's either I would bring Ronnie and Pan together for that for that unite, or um, I would bring. Let me see. Oh, or our Tier and, and Kai just just to you know get rid of all the uh, the lesser enemies, and then um, me. Yeah, Victor is of course of course a good one. Um, Husulu Husulu was a strong hit person that I would bring, of course. Um, 
anybody else? Anybody else? Man, you live you live dangerously. No healers, all high offense. That's pretty interesting. I you know because I I just I would just stack up on the mega medicines. That's all I would do. Uh, Fair enough. Yeah, or or, or at least uh, if I whoever was my magic quote unquote magic user, I would put them with the you know the flowing or the the water room, and then I would be good to go. Like not so much of like you know uh, focusing on the higher higher magic people, but like someone that has decent magic and then. You can just carry carry everybody. Oh, because I would, I would put everybody in, in a bag of like you know you have a bunch of mega medicines, uh, a sacrificial Buddha, and maybe like an antitoxin or whatever. But like a lot, just just you know overflow with mega medicines and, and sacrificial Buddhas uh, for me, or oh, and like a dragon incense just because like you know heal every turn sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how I, I would do it, but not not so much of like a heavy magic user for that does damage. I'm more I was more on the more physical side. But I, you know, who knows? Maybe in this playthrough, I'm going to try to go to go a little differently and try to go like more magic uh, based in that sense as well. Suikoden one, uh, the magic was pretty straightforward. It's not till yeah. like Suikoden two and and more where you can combine the magics where they become absolutely insane. So in Suikoden one, I'd actually say physical is probably the way to go. They you can do a lot of damage that that way. Uh, yeah, I've just yeah. always been a magic fan. No, that, no, that's that's. No, because because uh, there's a focus on the magic, of course, and it, it was interesting how the magic was used too, because it, was, it wasn't it wasn't MP, it was just like how many types, uh, how many turns, how many charges you have, yeah, charges you have. So like that's pretty cool. So like as soon as like you want to like you're playing the game, you want to be as as optimized leveled as possible so you can get as like the maximum amount of charges on each of your levels of the spells. Uh, I, I know that was the aim for me when I was playing the game. Um, let me see. How many, like, what was the max amount of charges of, like, the uh, level four uh, spells that you were getting? Um, I believe three was the most you could have for the three? maximum. Okay, yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, in the first one. In number five, you could have, like, six. It was crazy. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, oh, man. Okay. Um, let me see. Let me see. All right, so you were talking, we were talking a little bit about theories, and uh, you had a very interesting one about, like, about Licknack. Uh, like, yeah, uh, like well, well, let's, let us know what you're you're thinking about that one. Okay, so this is gonna seem pretty wacky to people out there that have played the series, but just you know, bear with me here. I have two. Uh, the first one you can probably get behind is that Legnat is guiding the true rune users to master their runes to get revenge on Harmonia and Hikusak for burning down her village and forcing her and Windy to split the gate rune. So she's like slowly gathering all these people to fight against Harmonia. That's my first theory. And that one, a lot of people can get behind because it seems more likely. You know, if you know she helped uh, Tur get the the rune and master that fight mm-hmm. against Windy. You know, she helped uh, against Harmonia, who's basically uh, uh, sorry, not against Harmonia, against uh, helped Rio against uh, Highland, which is basically a puppet of Harmonia. If we're being, you know, honest here, yeah. You yeah. know, so she helped out all these people master their runes. So she could be gathering all these people to support her to, to get her own revenge, so to speak, or justice against mm. Hikusak, who seems to be evil. But that's right. the that's the first theory. Now the second one, this one's a little wacky, okay? But uh, I'll get it. She is actually, in my opinion, working for Hikusak. Okay. A, okay. And she isn't who she claims to be. You know, kind of like a double agent traitor to her own clan you know sets up her own village and then 
uses this to get the gate rune for herself, but it didn't go quite her way because her, her sister took the other half. You know, she's no. The reason why I'm saying this is because she's known as the executor of balance. Now, the reason why that make that is such a big deal is Hikusak's rune is the circle rune, also known as the rune of balance. Right, and he wants to bring balance to the world. Now, Thanos like in a sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very, very Thanos like. Uh, Legnet is against others having multiple true runes. Mm-hmm. She's against runes disappearing, like in Suikoden Four. She re- is really against the the shipmaster taking the soul eater away. Right? She really didn't want that to happen. She wanted the the rune there, and right. so would Hikusak. Right? Hikusak would want that too. Now she also helped the rebels beat the Scarlet Moon Empire. Now a lot of people don't know this, but the Scarlet Moon Empire is probably the main enemy of Harmonia because, right, like way back in the day, uh, the the Crusaders of the Warrior Village stood up to Harmonia and actually liberated that area from Harmonia to create the Scarlet Moon Empire in the first place. Right, right. So if she's helping the Scarlet Moon Empire crumble. What, if she's really against Hikusak like we think, then why would she purposely go against the one enemy that has been able to stand against it for so long? That's true. That is true. And, and that, that, that brings up a great point. Yeah, for sure. She's very active in the gate rune war. Okay, In every other uh, Suikoden game, she's more of a guide, right? She's not really mm-hmm. doing a lot, but she's very active in the gate rune war and actually even helps you fight. Right. Yeah. When she summons those monsters, she actually kills them. She helps yeah. you fight against them. So she's very, you know, into making Scarlet Moon lose, where she really wasn't into making Harmonia, making anyone else lose, like Highland. Now she also took Luke as a pupil. Now a lot of people say, you know, what does that matter? Well, Luke is actually Hikusak's clone. Oh yeah. Okay. She took him as a pupil and raised him to be this great uh you know magic user and she and he is the clone of hikusak now she doesn't want luke to blow up his wind rune in sweet in three she actually tries you know to talk him out of it but she knows she knew he was going to fail anyway so she let him go and whatever and he died in his spirit Let, let let him do his thing yeah yeah but so there is some validity to this theory like Lanknut could be a double agent that could, you know, turn around and be like, "Hey, guess what? You know, I'm working with Hikusak for thousands of years or whatever." You right, know? right, right. That's interesting. That is interesting, huh? But and I wish we can find that out. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, we're, we're all in limbo still. Um, but maybe maybe somebody out there will. I know, I know there was some like fan games that are out there, but like, you know, have you played those fan games? No, the the Suikoden 2.5 and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I never really got into them because, like, they just I, I like the the actual the uh, canon canon storyline. I think if I got into the fan stuff too much, it would just kind of it would do to Suikoden what Dragon Ball has done. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, okay. you know, have all the, the the crap has flooded into Dragon Ball with all these lies and misconceptions about the series. Right, uh, right. I, I want to stay away from that. With sweetening, as, as pure possible. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I understand. Um, let me see. So, like, where you were asking me uh, at one point, you how, how I thought uh, Suikoden and when it was going to finish. Uh, I mean, you know, we were all going towards Harmonia, and 
and and and that's that's I, I think it was gonna be pretty standard as far as I'm concerned. Um, but like, yeah, maybe I was thinking maybe all these lands they were going they had like a thing with Harmonia were gonna go against Harmonia, like you know, from the grasslands to uh, Scarlet Moon to uh, uh, Dunnan, uh, you know, uh, like the city states. Like, I think they they were all gonna like. You know, maybe have their 108s in a sense, but like if we had a bunch of 108s, then that'd be like a pretty crazy ass roster. But, uh, well, yeah. you've got a point to that because the thing is, a lot of these characters are dead, so at least it mm, wouldn't be true. like every single character, and yeah, some true. characters are reused, so yeah, yeah. Um, so like, I, th- I think mine was just pretty more straightforward of like, yeah, all the all the 108s that were being gathered all around Harmonia. We're gonna gonna go gonna go up against Harmonia. Uh, I mean, that's what I thought. I mean, did, did you? Was there any sort of other conclusion that you were thinking of? Um, uh, a little bit. It, it was more towards what you're saying that a lot of people were gonna come go up against Harmonia. But I think there will be people to side with Harmonia because they mm-hmm. believe Harmonia would win. I think it would end up being a true room war, basically like a yeah. nuclear war. Yeah. And it would, you know, it the rune does show Luke a little bit of what's going on. He shows you a little bit too. It That's shows true. you kind of like a, almost like a nuclear winter. Everything looks really destroyed, and uh, you know there's no life. So mm-hmm. maybe what the wind rune is showing is what will eventually happen with everyone fighting over the runes. Is eventually you have this true rune war, and yeah. you know you know you'd have Hikusak's Harmonian army and his allies against the rest of the world. But I do believe there's more to Hikusak than we're led to believe. I think he mm-hmm. might not be as straightforward and evil as people say, because. Okay. If, if he was this terrible of a person, then why is there so many other, you know, little countries still around? You know, like, right, why, right. why would he just run them over? Why would he agree to a peace treaty with the grasslands when he could easily have crushed them? I mean, right, we wiped them out, right? You know, he backed off uh, a little bit, and then eventually, the, you know, of course, the story of three when they come in, they were tr- like running through everyone like a train, like it was easy. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah, Harmonia sure. backed off. If he's as evil as they say, why wouldn't he just finish everyone off? Yeah, I mean, unless unless he's actually looking for a true balance rather than just ruling the entire land, right? which makes me you know go back to his rune, the circle rune, the rune mm. of balance. So it makes me think he's actually looking for balance. And the whole clone thing was so that he could find suitable hosts for runes to master. So that's why he has Sasserai, okay. who is a clone who mastered the Earth rune, and he also right. has Luke with the Wind rune. Yeah. So okay. I, I believe he's not quite as evil as people say. I don't think you know he's a straight up Luke of Blight where he's trying to murder everybody. Mm-hmm. I think that you know he's got something to it, kind of like Thanos, like you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's 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 evil, like in in terms of the axe, but. You don't know, like, he, with Thanos, it's like it's it's a necessary evil that uh, it's like I, fine, I'll take that role if if I need to be. So like, you're, I know as you're saying, that's what it sounds like. Like he's gonna take that Hikusag is gonna take that role because it's it's somewhat needed just so we we can try to get that balance of, of what he what he wants is basically balance and not even just overrunning you know the entire lands, but just you know you guys do your thing there, you guys do your thing there. Uh, we're gonna be here, and then you know, everybody like just just chill out, uh, sort of thing. Um, yeah, that's. I also, that's- see him, I also see him a little bit 
evil in some senses. I mean, when you play Sweet Country, you find out that there's people that are third-class citizens, people that were conquered. Yeah. So at the same yeah. point, you're like, ah, he is kind of a slave driver. But at the same yeah. point, like, you know, he's a complex character. So I think there's yes. more to him. I do think that he's a villain. I just don't think it's as straightforward as we want to make it out to be. Okay, gotcha. I think, like you said, he's very Thanos-like, where you know he's going to do some evil acts, but there is some good behind it. Yeah, or or, or, or being like you know you be, you live long enough to you know as a hero that you eventually become the villain sort of thing. That's right. That's in a sense. Yeah, yeah. That's that's interesting. Yeah, I would you know anybody that can pick up you know the writers or this game series. Please, I we would love to see some sort of conclusion to this. Uh, that's, that's, my, that's my whole thought behind this: is if we can get yeah. enough people, you know, on YouTube, on Twitter, on Facebook, talking about this, trying to bring it back, I think they'll, right. you know, they'll gather an interest back and bring it back. Yeah, uh, we just we just need to show that there is people willing to buy this series and pay attention to it still. And and there are people that are out there buying it multiple times, and you know, they want. Anything that has the name Suicoden on it, like you know, I you right. know, I bought the the DS version, even though I knew it wasn't related to the you know the whole Suicoden you know canon story, but it's just the idea of those you know gathering all those characters and then you know if it's if it's you know be, you know completing that story arc in the one game or you know I would love to play the the PSP one that came out that had kind of had the same idea of like the whole uh, realm system that they were having. Um, I would love to play that too, and it was available. Unfortunately, you know, going by it by you know, not so great means of like you know using emulators with a translation. But uh, now you would have to like you know play the Japanese version and then find like a a, a translated guide of some sort uh, just to be able to play that game. Like, have you touched that game at all? No, the, for the same reasons that you haven't. You know, it's uh, back in the day. You know, you could get these these versions put out there, and people could just pick it up. Like, uh, for an example, uh, Dragon Ball Z: Legend of the Super Saiyan back in the day was a Super Nintendo RPG that was only released in Japan. And honestly, mm-hmm. if, if anyone wants to play a really fun Dragon Ball RPG, pick that one up. It's like the yeah. original Dokkan Battle. This game was great, but it was only in Japanese, so we had to get these guys that somewhat knew Japanese to translate it and bring it over. And it wasn't that big of a deal. But now when you do that, you're getting pirated. You're getting, you know, like everything's getting flagged right away. So it's mm-hmm. it's a little bit more difficult to get those those translated games. So yeah, yeah I kind of stayed away from it. I, if they came out with a translated version, I'd be all over it. All yeah. over it. Just yeah. like as, as boring as it was, I played the mobile version where you walk around with Nash and you talk to everyone. Oh, and, you know, okay. like it's not even a real game, but I I still did it because it's Suikoden. And you know what I mean? Yeah, it was a continuation of the, of the story. And, and I have all the hard copies of Suikoden, <gasps> but you know what nice. I did? I bought them on on the PlayStation Network because oh, I'm that okay. nut that I just yeah, yeah. want them everywhere, yeah. and I hope that you know. As much as I don't want Konami to do it, but if they were to do it, I hope they see that the fans are still loyal. And actually, I see them much more active now than they ever were. Lately, they've been much more act- active uh, in that sense because uh, I think recently they, they tweeted out that it's a celebration of uh, the 20th anniversary, right? Or 25th? Yes. 20th, 20th anniversary, yes. Yeah, 20th anniversary. So, like, you know, everybody's like, oh, maybe, maybe something, but, you know, it's. It, hey, they read the website. Yeah, they did. They did. Uh, it was like the, a portal or something, right? Yeah, they they redid the website, so yeah, that was kind of cool. Yeah, so maybe 
Um, you know, if if Konami's trying to trying to re you know rebrand or not rebrand, but like just turn their brand around, um, where you know how it was it was bad. You know, in, in one it was how they're having like they're not being so great at the moment. You know, um, let me see, uh, and, and then try to turn that around with you know maybe bringing this game back or you know uh, doing games that are that are Konami classics. Uh, that are out there and just, just do it like that, like like as what Capcom is doing with a lot of their games being much like a lot of like more classics, like like Devil May Cry Five and all that stuff. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, somebody. Yeah. Just somebody that is that is a fan of Suicoden guys. The people that are playing Suicoden and you know showing content. You know, you guys got to do your thing as well. I'm gonna do my thing. Luca Blythe's gonna do his thing. Um, I mean, like, what's your plans with Suicoden? Uh, I just going through all the games or are you going to try to do like specialized like you know retrospectives of like oh on this character or you know this this idea or or like you know about the war like what do you think what is your ideas when it comes to spreading more suit coding out there i'm definitely going to do all the playthroughs um yeah as you saw i am doing this weekend in one playthrough at the mm-hmm. moment I'm going to do that, but I'm also going to do other in-game stuff, like where I show people which characters go from each game and we know how their stats transfer over, what's the most optimal gear, that kind of stuff. I'll definitely do that, but I'll also want to do videos on characters themselves. Like, of course, like not, like that's one of the most interesting characters. Gene, Gene is an enigma wrapped in a mystery. Gene is is waifu. Yeah. You know, (laughs) Uh, I don't know, Koroku, apparently Koroku can see her for what she really is, whatever that means. Yeah, that's true. That's right. Yeah the dog right <laughs> yeah so whatever that means but you know there's just all these characters that are extremely interesting so i'd love to do videos on them uh who knows if, if people really like this stuff we can do it again and we can just yeah. go through more characters and, and more sweeping in news and yeah really good sure. stuff out there yeah yeah if you guys are interested in like just sweet coding just discussion and maybe we'll go through each of the games maybe we'll do like you know specialized topics on like you know on on part one versus part two, or just whatever you think of like of anything sweet coding, let us know. Let us know in the comment section. Uh, uh, let us know in the comment section, of course, uh, on on this video. Let us know on Twitter. Just let us know. Uh, you know, hashtag us or you know, add us at, on Twitter and stuff like that. Uh, let us know that you want a, you want a, a, a semi active or as active sweet coding podcast, and we can hopefully we can there's people enough to, that wants to have that happen that we can get together like this again and then, then eventually if we, you know there's people that i want to listen to you know just sue code and anything um you can put it on audio version as well and, and and then we'll go through that as well um but yeah luca blight let me thank you for you know hanging out with me and just talking shop about our most favorite rpg game out there um thank uh, you yeah yeah man no problem uh where can people find you uh just chill all everything that you're doing channel uh twitter all that stuff well, I'm on YouTube. Yeah, it's, honestly, it's just straight up Luca Blight. It's you know you might have to put in like Luca Blight Dokum Battle or something because I'm not really that you know the most famous Luca out there right now. But uh, okay. you, you know when you look that up, you're gonna find a lot of uh, Luca Blight battles. But you'll find me on Twitter. You know at Luca Blight. You know there's two underscores. Uh, mm-hmm. You can find me on Facebook. I'm pretty active all over there. So if you like memes, you like Suikoden content, you like Brave Exvius, and you like Dokum yeah. Battle, you know you like any of that stuff. You know come over here. We'll have some fun awesome awesome cool yeah there you go head over there you know subscribe to him you know follow him on twitter and all that stuff uh we we have uh uh fun conversations and just fun just retweeting each other and all that stuff 
uh, on Twitter. So yeah, you should definitely uh, come and follow both of us. Uh, speaking of which, you find me here at Nerd in the Bay. We do a variety of content, whether it's video games and mobile games. Uh, let me see what else uh, we do. Like comic book talk, we do you know talk about dis- uh, uh, talk discussions on anime. We uh, do you know specialized podcasts like this. I have a podcast called uh, um, Open Bar for Content Creators Podcast, where I talk to different uh, content creators like Luca Blight himself, uh, and they just talk about the process and like the struggles and the experiences uh, that we go through. So maybe I can I can have uh, Luca Blight come back, and then we can just talk about the content creating creation side since we were kind of discussing that in this podcast as well um, to talk about that and and see what what we can do to not only improve but like just keep you know keep the momentum going of like of just growing and trying to you know put i guess get our name out there whatever we were trying to do with with youtube or and content creating but we we have a podcast about that um you can follow me on twitter at marco polo 177 which is my personal uh twitter page and then i have a nerd at nerd in the bay uh official channel page as well same thing with facebook uh, nerd in the bay um face uh nerd in the bay instagram as well and i think that's about it um yeah, I think th- I think that's it, uh, guys. Thank you very much for hanging out and uh, just listening and listen to listen to us gab gab about our most favorite RPG of all time. I uh, appreciate uh, you guys trying to you know chime in there on on the chat room chat room Chauncey and Mister All Might All Might. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for uh, hanging out and just uh, just chiming in a little bit. Um, yeah, we'll see you guys next time. Uh, hopefully, we'll see you guys next time. Uh, for our next one, hopefully. And, uh, but just let us know. Let us know if you guys want to see more of this. Um, yeah, just let us know on Twitter and on the comments. And then we'll see you guys next time. All right? Peace, guys. See you later.